Welcome everyone to an episode of Soul Chat. I am your host, Ebony Tatora, and I have a beautiful guest. First and foremost, y'all know uh, we have not been letting out a ton of podcasts and that's because I just want to become way more intentional, continue to bring on like bomb guests. So that every time you come into this space, you know that you are showing up for greater healing, greater conversations, like your life is going to change after every single conversation. And like this one is going to hit home for so many people. Um, This goddess, empress, um, priestess right here, um, she and I have been uh, trying to connect for so long and it's just so divine that we're able to be here today. So I have the beautiful, the beautiful pleasure of introducing to you all uh, Shade Ashani. And now what I'm going to do is read her bio, but you know, my first question is always asking people who are they in their own words, because I know as we change who we are changes and we are just so expansive. So like who you are today might not be who you are tomorrow. So more about the priestess. Shade is a breakthrough coach and new earth teacher dedicated to healing ancestral wounding. Many of you have been doing the work, going to yoga, reading all the books, but are still stuck. She spent 10 years working towards her own freedom and created her offerings to streamline that process for you. You can shift now. Before becoming a breakthrough coach, she graduated from Columbia University and earned her master's in public health from Tulane University. She interviewed hundreds of women ages 18 to 75 and found an absolute difference between girls who grew up with and without their fathers. She gained a profound understanding of the different ways women are wounded by their fathers and then go on to live as if those wounds are the truth. Sade wrote a book called In Search of My Father about how healing her relationship with her father set her free to experience healthy love and wealth. She toured the country for four years, keynote speaking at conferences, high schools, and colleges so she could get her arms around as many women as she could and tell them that they are worthy of love. This is her life's devotion to bring an end to the unnecessary suffering caused by unworthiness. My favorite part. Shade is an active philanthropist and has raised half a million dollars for her nonprofit, Kids International, in hopes of making a difference in the lives of orphan children around the world. Shade was honored by Congress for her work and is a goodwill ambassador to the Gambia in West Africa. She wakes up every day trying to be more like Yahweh. In her spare time, she loves to read, talk about health and wellness, teach and practice yoga, and travel. She's been to every continent except Antarctica. She currently lives in Hawaii where she spends most days hiking with her daughter, Susanna, who's beautiful, strapped to her back and helping people around the world to get free through her coaching program. So welcome, the amazing Shade. <laughs> like, come on. And all the, all the Shades I know are just bomb. I'm just, I just got to tell you my best friend, that's her name. So uh, yes, y'all are thank just you, amazing. Thank you, thank you. Quite an intro. To Chat Podcast. I'm so honored to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and get to share with you a little bit more about what I'm up to. I actually cannot hear you for some reason. What happened to our sound? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. How about now? Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay, great. Yes, so welcome. Welcome to the Soul Chat Podcast. It's an honor. Thank to you have for you having here. me. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to to bring you here because you are one of those people that you have a presence, you know, and uh, it's seen, it's felt, and uh, your work in that that like it's like you it's like we dive into healing to really heal ourselves. And it says on your website that your mission is to basically. Um, you kind of became the voice that you needed to hear, you know, 
Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about first asking you, who are you? Like in your own words, and if you could tell us who are you, um, what would you say? I love that question. My name is Bolashadea Shaniyo Lukeji Ogunleye. And my name translates to, I wear my honor like a crown. Mm. And I think I'm here to rally the women. <laughs> is part of, in Hawaii, we call it kuleana. It's like holy responsibility. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I believe that's what I'm here to do is to help us reclaim femininity as divine, activate our authentic voice and come home to our sisterhood, to our circles around the fire and remember how powerful we are. I wanna see us reclaim our power in dating and mating, you know, like in the animal kingdom when uh, the male peacock wants the female peacock's attention, he has to do the right mating dance and shake his feathers just the right way or she's not interested. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna have to figure it out. She holds the cards. Mm -hmm. I wanna see us reclaim like womb power. Cause there's a lot of men in the gene pool who don't have any business in there. And I wanna see us reclaim our power. Um, in birth, in our work, and how we show up in the world, and what is good and right for us. Yeah, the divine feminine is rising, and I love I'm here that. to help facilitate that. Yes, the ancestors called you forth with that name. I tell you what, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love that so much. Um, yeah, it's like enough said, mic drop, podcast is over. You guys have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Go follow her at shadiashani.com. <laughs> you know, because that it's, it's so true. It's so true. And I love that that is your mission and what you want to see, because I just felt the power behind that. And there's so much to be said for how we show up in those areas. Um, mm -hmm and how we have relinquished our control, you know, down to even just having certain conversations amongst ourselves where um, we're not really, we, we, we can find ourselves in spaces where we're not elevating the conversation, especially when we spend so much time talking about narcissists, but not being like, yo, if I attracted a narcissist, that means I'm a magnet and I'm like a little bit narcissistic myself, or there's something within me that, that made me gravitate towards that experience that I had to learn, right? And we either learn it, we repeat it. Um, and speaking well, in particular with the conversation surrounding narcissism, right? Like it's a hot topic. A lot of us are talking about it. Sometimes it gets warped and wrapped up in the sort of law of attraction stuff that I wanna make sure that like we get clear on. Like narcissists have incredible taste. They have exquisite taste. They normally wanna be surrounded by high-end upper echelon kind of stuff. They have incredible taste in women. And so if, you, if, if someone who's listening to this podcast has been targeted by a narcissist, I want them to know that like, they're amazing. They're a great woman. They saw a star in the sky that they wanted to be near and drawn to um, because on some level, that person was offering a lot of things that they could not provide for themselves. Stability, integrity, safety, um, beauty, you know, many of those things. Um, we, we aren't always attracting what we are. Many times we attract people who are in desperate need of what we are. And it's our job to be able to discern whether or not that person is on an equal playing field with us. Dropping out mothering and nurturing of partners, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. When we show up as a mother or a rehabilitation center for a man, uh, we have already put an expiration date on the relationship and men know that too. Because mothering and rehabilitating both have end dates in mind. Nobody wants to be a mother in the same way that they were for longer than those first 18 years. Mm -hmm. Nobody signs up in a rehabilitation center to stay there for life. The program is designed for graduation. The mm -hmm. first few years of mothering and nurturing are designed to end. And then that the baby then flies from the nest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. We yeah. have to stop mothering and nurturing and rehabilitating. It don't work. 
Right. And to your point about like narcissistic and attracting, I think it can come across as if like, okay, there's something wrong with me and you attracted what you are. But I guess I almost see it as like aligning with exactly what you said, which is like, we end up mothering because there's like, there's this, there's this attraction that like something in us, we get to show up in a certain way that might have, it feels comfortable for us to have that control or to be either them pouring into us or us being able to pour into them. Um, Carolyn Miss talks about it where she's like the wounded boy and like the damsel and distressed woman. And I feel like your studies and your book is like the wounded woman and more and more wounded, like we can't see clearly. You know what I'm saying? And you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, like, what was I thinking? But at that point, as you were saying that, I was thinking about something I kind of picked up teaching um, seven, day, seven Days of Parity, which is like, when you're healed, it saves you time of like yes. making those decisions because you see it, you're like, oh shit, like he wants me to what? Or like, you know, the minute a dude is like, oh, I love the way my mom cooks and no one else can cook like her. You're like, <laughs> like, okay you know I mean obviously there's more to that but I I feel I felt what you're saying as far as like I do think in the narcissistic conversation there's so many variables and it is a form of abuse from both parties right because we have to we have to remember women do you know things that men do as well but as far as like the divine feminine women we do have to reclaim our power as in like healing enough to see that it's a dynamic that, we, that like animates something that we knew. So for me, it would have been like my, my relationship with my mother and like how it was like just enoughness. And then my father wasn't there. So that hope that someone would like um, come save me. So I dated older men, you know, so all that vibe, but even just speaking about healing, something we kind of chatted a little bit about before getting on here was the obsessiveness with healing. Um, let's just talk about that a little bit, because I think that's super important for people to hear, um, what it looks like. Cause I do think the perception behind healing is like blown up way bigger than it needs to be. And it's actually like, to me in the simple little, like little big actions, if that makes sense, like repetitive, mm -hmm. repetitiveness of that and that awareness and that grace and like the divine feminine, which is what we were talking about. Can you just kind of lean into that right now and just give us your thoughts on that? Sure. So where this started getting really clear for me was surrounding four feminine archetypes. So there are many archetypes. You can play with a lot of them, but the ones that really resonated for me were the maiden. She represents maybe like a little bit more grown up version of our inner child. She represents our innocence, our purity, um, beauty, etc. And so the collapsed version of her is the damsel in distress. She wants to be rescued wake me up when it's over, kiss me and I come to life. My worthiness is on the other side of the altar. That's when my life begins kind of, you know, stuff. And then there's the vixen. She's our sensuality, our sexuality. She's the one who knows our ancestors didn't get here because they were knitting that our sexuality is sacred and beautiful. She's our like creative power that like pulse of desire, of attraction, that there's nothing wrong with love. Mm -hmm. um, and the collapsed version of her is something like the femme fatale, you know, the, um, the black widow <laughs> would like, you know, rip the heads off of her lovers, doesn't like men, is angry with men, um, uses sex to get what she wants um, as some sort of bargaining tool. Mm -hmm. um, the, the fallen version of her is like, yeah, the femme fatale or the, the prostitute. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the wild woman. She's awesome. <laughs> she's, uh, she's our, our primal, um, our instinct. Um, she's the part of us who could like do anything physically that she had to pick a truck up off of the car seat if it landed on there. You know, we've seen the mm -hmm. videos where they're like, we don't know how this woman did this, but somehow she got across the freeway to her child, six lanes, you know, that version of, of us that can pull up um, when we need to. She's the one who knows where our boundaries are. Um, the fallen version of her is enraged. She's, you know, burning the bridges and lighting things on fire, destruction. Um, 
then the last one is the wise woman. She's our priestess, our crone, our wisdom, um, our intuition. And the fallen version of her is the know-it-all guru who, you know, can't tell her nothing <laughs> kind, of, kind of stuff where um, she becomes performative. She's the version of us that feels like socially uh, safe enough to push forward as the smart girl, the one who's got it all together, alpha CEO boss babe, mm. um, when she comes out of um, her truth. So yeah, when I started getting more comfortable with these versions of myself, I noticed that I had pushed the wise woman forward, but like symbolically, she was the one I was going to show to the world, this um, woman who had done all this work, had written the book, had done the TED talk, duh, 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 all of this stuff. And then the other three were very underdeveloped aspects of myself. My, this playful version was like, I hardly knew how to play because I had spent my childhood asking the questions, what do I have to do? Who do I have to be in order to be lovable? I didn't cultivate authentic identity. Mm. So I showed up in my twenties, like, I don't know what my favorite color is. I just learned to read the room, how to read grownups to be like, are they okay? What do I have to do? So they don't abuse me or um, how do I get love from them? I, you know, like many of us, I learned transactional love. I'll give you good grades. You give me love, affection, attention, and time. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's how I learned to work with love. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to receive love that was readily available. I had to earn it. Um, so love I didn't have to work for didn't feel real. Mm -hmm. And then the... Um, that's so good. Yeah, the, the, the vixen was like, I don't know who she is. Sex, we were not allowed to have that. That's naughty, sturdy, bad, and wrong. We're not allowed to talk about desires. I grew up in a very Christian home. And then the, the wild woman was like, she was just a crazy person. I didn't want to have her around. So I was trying to suppress um, anger. I didn't feel that I was allowed to have anger. Like many women, it was, you know, we got handed little tea sets and stuff and boys got to wrestle and yell. I didn't feel I was entitled to my rage and therefore I didn't know it at all. What really resonated for me was that my experience of depression was actually unenthusiastic anger, that I had just pushed it down, pushed anger down so much that I was translating it as sadness or like the stillness, stickiness, heaviness, lethargy. So getting out of the loop of constantly healing, of constantly working on trauma, of something always to be working on and running around in circles of what can I heal next? What therapy, what body work, what something, something always in the name of healing is what I was pushing for. This was like that I never was going to allow myself to arrive mm -hmm. and that I wasn't ever going to get to be healed. It was like, there was always some new thing, some new lower back pain or old childhood, blah, 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 to be yeah. working on. And so these four women really helped within me really helped me understand that like if I could bring my vixen out let myself play like a maiden let myself be wild and go run around naked on the beach that if I could integrate these aspects of myself I could know healing and so I dropped out of this constant trauma drama loop of always having something to work on by really just letting myself arrive in my femininity. I had no idea that's what I was doing. That allowing myself decide, to decide to live healed was actually a reclamation of femininity mm -hmm. as whole. And that, yeah. Uh, you just, that's like the whole Moana movie right here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it really is, because when she got back her heart, right? Um, and just speaking about that and just how we, um, that's how, amazing just the thought in itself is healing right like I can be enough right now and like really ingesting it and, and just listening to so many people 
and the things you hear, it's like everyone puts healing out there and like, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm healing. And it's like, but are we? And I think at the elevated level, you are also working out at it all the time. And it's like, I can resonate with like, if there was one thing I was addicted to, it was like working on me. <laughs> what are you doing working on me? You know? And it's like, um, to actually wake up and be like, well, I felt, I think I felt that way, leaving, stepping away from the relationship. It was like this awakening that I had that I was like, um, all this meditating I'm doing and all this stuff that I'm doing, like, but there's this situation over here that's like not desirable. And it doesn't reflect that I wholeheartedly um, love myself like I say I do. Um, so I think it's, I think it is interesting. And for you, like, how did that moment feel of like, like what propelled that thought? What propelled you to have insight into like, I don't need to be always healing. For me, I try to think of it like healing is a mindset. So like when things happening, you're not like pausing your life, like, oh my God, pause, let me go journal. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. no, just like process it in your mind and then sometimes it's even just that quick switch of like thoughts are fake and like right now I'm like washing dishes and I'm just gonna keep washing the dishes and not obsess in this world over here that I'm creating with this thought you know so like what propelled that for you that's a good question I think what really came it really came online with my daughter's birth and the pregnancy mm -hmm was this power you know the the veil got very thin when I was pregnant with her I was having prophetic dreams I felt really connected to my ancestors I felt really connected to the divine um and I started getting more clear that like this was enough you know that there was a beautiful life I was building and the initiation of becoming a mother of the process of actual birth. Yeah, so powerful. But I think, I think there was a, a, a moment around like moving to Hawaii and coming here where it was like, I'm just gonna start making decisions as if I'm healed. I'm just going to start making decisions as if I'm whole. I'm just going to start making decisions Ooh, from yeah. my highest self. Like what would make Shade 20 years from now really proud of me if that I started part. moving in that direction Yeah. and to create the life that I wanted to stop waiting around to be rescued. Mm -hmm. I did an exercise that like, what would Prince Charming do if he showed up in my life? And I just wrote like 17 pages. He would pay off all of my debt. He would come in here and fix, you know, the lighting structure. He would, all this stuff, little stuff from like, I don't like my towels all the way up to, I want to move to Hawaii and get the heck out of Louisiana. I'm over this you know, place. It was like, I'm the one I'm waiting for. So I crossed out Prince Charming's name and wrote mine. I was like, I'm going to rescue myself. I'm going to create my fairy tale dream life. I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh, I just love you for saying all of this. <laughs> I think like when we get excited about the idea that we are co-creating this reality, when we let that be exciting instead of punishing or sad or scary, you know, we can take a look around and if we don't like what we see, then we are just as powerful to change that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just an alignment where, with where I'm at in life. Cause I've literally decided within the past month, like I'm just doing it like, and there's no looking back and that shit makes me so excited. Um, and it, and it is that, I, I think that's the piece that we miss with life is like, it's literally following, like what would make me super happy and um not sure if you agree but just like I feel like trauma teaches us good enough like you kind of just like you do everything to get by whether that's being quiet whether that's shrinking yourself and just like good enough um and then just living in a world where people are like yeah you know if you make this like that's great and it's like telling us you know what is acceptable opposed to like go above and beyond you should be an overflow 
right? And mm-hmm. overflow is the norm because that's literally life, like all around us. It's not like you have to gasp air and then like hold it and then wait and then like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, could you imagine, right? Like the lack of air, you know, like, okay. Um, and just realizing those small things. So I love how your mission has even been tied into uh, talking about wealth. And I wanted you to just like tap into that a little bit for people, because I know the biggest thing for a lot of people right now with uh, the trifecta of fear, you know, the fear of poverty, fear of being alone, fear of death with those three things upon us, most people are like worried about money and like all these things. So how do we reclaim our power in these specific times? You know, I feel sure. like for me, the, the formula is always the same, you know, cause you're always stay ready. So you ain't got to get ready type of thing, <laughs> you know? But still, you know, uh, what, what would you, what would you advise on that? Well, I think first what's coming to mind for me is that I want to make sure I'm being clear that I, I don't mean that we just get to skip trauma healing and, and addressing that. What I, what I am talking about is for those of us who have been at it, you know, we've been in the game healing, getting our tools. We know how to do all of the little three-letter words. And we've been in therapy. We've been reading the books. We've been doing the podcasts. We've been at it. And we feel a sense that like we have tools to address what's coming up. So if we have the tools, we're ready. And I don't mean that we shouldn't address deep childhood trauma and just kind of carry on as if it didn't happen. Um, that's called bypassing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like, once we've done that and we've got our tools, then yeah, it's time to address what's, what's at hand here and create the life that we want. So I don't, I don't believe in faking it until you make it. I don't think that that, um, is functional, (laughs) um, (laughs) or, you know, to act as if, then we end up in these places where we feel like we can't, um, we can't find reality with it. So I believe in affirmative prayer that we start talking to God and start hanging out with God in whatever capacity feels good and right for you. So one of the ways that I do that is through self-care. So I imagine that God us and others function in sort of like these three tiered cups so god is the big cup up top god universe angels ancestors that thing that's bigger than us is the top Mm -hmm. big cup Mm -hmm. then there's us in the middle and then down below is our responsibilities our families our work um our babies etc then that's the bottom cup and so our job is to get into alignment with the big cup we do that through self-care through prayer, meditation, showing up, um, taking a long bath lit with with candles, go to the beach and lay there and just listen. Mm -hmm. It usually doesn't involve technology um, to make ourselves available. And then when we're in alignment, then God can pour into us, into our cup. And what's, I think what's most important about this is that what's in our cup is for us. We don't pour. God pours but what's in our cup belongs to us and when we get in alignment then we get ourselves into position to be so poured into that we can overflow and then what's what comes up and out and overflowing from our cup is what's for everybody else so it's for our business that's what's for our mom that's what's for our friends and anybody who's blessed enough to be close enough is just blessed to be in the splash zone Mm -hmm. but where we I think have gotten poor messaging is that we've been pouring until we're empty. We think that doing our best means throwing our body across the finish line of the day. My best is not me burnt out. That's not me doing my best. That's me in trauma, overperforming, trying to overachieve, trying to earn and feel good about myself so that I can say I tried my hardest because I'm exhausted and broken down. That wasn't my, that wasn't my hardest. So what, what I think helps us show up in this day and age when people are afraid to invest and afraid to um, reclaim 
is that we go back to the beginning, back to those very basics of how do I get in alignment with God? There's no amount of speaking over our lives that will ever cost millions of dollars. I speak into my water before I drink it. I speak into my bathtub. Like we have to bring back ritual and ceremony, dig a hole in the ground and cry your prayer into the earth and ask for help. If we're afraid to be our best selves, then we're out of alignment with our authenticity. And that means to me that hell is winning because the enemy is afraid that we're going to reach a level of confidence where we know who we are and we can literally speak new realities into existence. Mm. So, and we are. Yeah. All the time. Yes. So yeah. Giving ourselves permission to speak the big dream. I am a millionaire. I am, I am, am, yeah, Yeah. I am a righteous wife to a good man, calling it in. Absolutely. Yes. And as you were speaking, I thought about um, kind of this concept I kind of like tied to last year, which was like heal and thrive. So while you're healing, don't sit there in the sauce of like the always healing, like the circle, right? And then people just like, I've watched so many people like, start the healing journey and then start feeling all the things that you're gonna feel and just like allow it to like numb them and just stop um opposed to being like you know I can still follow my purpose and I think the purpose is what pours back you know now you're the perfect purpose is in alignment with God now we're aligned right opposed to just in autopilot checking off boxes that someone gave us on this random sheet that we're all just like yeah just check off the boxes and I'll be happy and we're like none of those things make us happy (laughs) right so I love that because people definitely have to inhale and know that you can heal and thrive and um everything you said is just so aligned with where I feel like God is taking people and asking us to go which is the very basics like it's kind of like I was saying the other day, like, you know, people complain about so much or just whatever it is. And it's like, did you pray about it though? I feel like there would just be silence. I'm just like, no, I didn't (laughs) like pray about it. Go back to, like you said, ritual and people forget like Everything you do is a ritual, whether you want to call it that or not, the food you eat, the, the, the habitual things that you do, those are rituals that pour either into your cup or like you were speaking, right? So um, I think that's the beautiful thing of people awakening is seeing that like, we do have to get back into that. And it is beautiful seeing it. It is so beautiful seeing people healing and to see these discussions being normalized and talked about in corporate America in the school system because everything is just not working I think we if we learned every if we learned anything during the past two years it's that uh, year and a half however how long this has been um, you know that there's a lot of things that don't work and um, truth truth needs to come to the forefront and it's really by us discovering our own truth and knowing ourselves um, so let's just get into also your book and your life's work. Um, what is the biggest thing when you're speaking about like the wounded woman that is like a tendency or like characteristic that we would portray? And have you found women who have had their fathers in their lives and they still are somewhat traumatized in some way or wounded? Of course. Yeah. Um, I've, I actually found it would be better that he be totally absent than he be there and be abusive. Um, far better that he be absent than he be inconsistent. Inconsistent is actually more damaging than present and abusive. Mm-hmm. That in and out, don't know when he's coming stuff is, um, is really damaging to the psyche. Um, yeah, so over the course of my research, I found that I was able to tell by the end of the work whether or not a woman had a father by the way she walked in the room. I'd be like, she had a dad. Somebody came to that woman's ballet recitals when she was a little girl. I can tell by the way she carries herself. Mm -hmm. And that was profound because that means on some level to me, 
that there's something that's like biologically readable um, about whether or not we can ascertain our own worth. And I think this paradigm is falling out that we aren't necessarily worthy because of our relation to any masculine, um, that women aren't worthy because they had a dad or because they are married, that we're dropping that out as a marker mm -hmm. for uh, worthiness. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there were, there were many indicators over the years, I think, um, I call them father wound responses. There's six father wound response archetypes. There's the alpha who's angry with men. And there's the savior who rescues men. There's the romantic who overlooks uh, red flags. There's the merger who loses herself and uh, kind of morphs into whatever he needs her to be. Um, she will pick up new hobbies and a new lifestyle and all that. Um, and then there's the revolving door. She doesn't take any time off between relationships. She just goes fast, 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 always swiping right. She hasn't been single since the sixth grade. And then lastly, there's the shutdown. Um, too much heartbreak over too many years and she's just done. We see this after big pain, big trauma, finding out the husband led a double life, major domestic violence kind of stuff. And women will just call it a day at 42. No more love. Yeah. Not interested. Totally. I can think of some folks as you were speaking through each. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can see it. You can so see it. So what is the work? What do we, what are, what, are, what do you recommend? Um, to your clients and the people you work with? How do you help them process the work? Sure, so women come to me and they tell me that the problem is here, it's in the love life. They point mm -hmm. to it, like the love life is the thing that's not working. Everything else is going relatively okay, but the love life, if that could get right, then I could just fly this plane. So many other things would stabilize. And it's kind of like if I was a massage therapist or a chiropractor, and my patient was coming to me, telling me the problems in the shoulder. We're, we only need to work on the shoulder. Nothing else hurts. We just mm -hmm. want to look at the shoulder, Shade. Please, mm -hmm. let's focus right here. And I have the honor of explaining that that may be where the pain is getting your attention, but that's not the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Our love life is a reflection of what we believe we deserve and what we allow. So from my perspective, I'm looking at my client's shoulder. Is she's telling me it hurts, but I can see that the whole spine is out of alignment and the right hip is tweaked and she's holding all of her body weight on the left ankle. So if all I do is talk to her about how to date and what's going on with men, we're not going to get anywhere. Mm. We generally have to work on her relationship with food, money, self-care and self-worth, boundaries with friends and family. There's so many other things that Truly. are coming into play that by the time we pop, 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 pop all these other areas of life into place, then suddenly we find that the love life is set free to function the way it was always meant to. Yeah. Because if every choice we make is revealing the standard that we accept, then there are usually other major decisions and shifts that need to be made across life so that we can sit across the dinner date table and say, I'm a woman of worth. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to meet me right here, no right here, in order to play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and talking about taking back our power, you know, collectively, like on YouTube today, this song came on uh, where I guess it was like the prostitute type of a song and not so many words of um, just like using sex. And I mean, she was like glamorizing it. R random artists um, can't really remember the name, but um, I think collectively, we have to be able to see these personality traits and these things that we do as the, like you said, the trauma responses, like it's not healthy. Like as much as you might look at it and you might have friends around you and everyone's like glamorizing, like, you know, just F, you know, you know, F them and let them go and just like take his money or like whatever men do to women. It's like, it's just not, it's not healing, it's not helpful, and it's just not a way to cultivate uh, what we want. 
you know, because at the end of the day, I always tell people it's fine. Y'all can sit, people can sit and portray whatever life they want. That is the beauty of life. And even, you know, that's what social media just has amplified that. But deep down inside, you are hurting and you know that. So you can pretend all you want. You can, you can do all the outside things that um, seem like they're going to make us happy and feel enough. It's no different than healing. If you're just any, I think anytime you're obsessive in any area, whether that's why well, I'm so focused on healing or I'm so focused on like how my body looks and, you know, um, especially after women have children, like that whole discussion of like snap back to what, how would you ever snap back to anything? <laughs> like That's a done deal, honey. Like you are a new person. This is a new realm. This is a new initiation, whether you were ready for it or not. And it's so funny that you said, like, you kind of felt that with your daughter, because I felt that. And one of my questions was going to be like, how had that shifted you as a woman? Because I felt like for me, that was a new level of awakening. And every child that I've had since um, awakens me in so many ways. And like, by the time I had my son, I just had like all this masculine energy within me, but a different like healthy masculine energy that gave me the power of like, stand up for yourself and go after what you want and choose you. Um, so I love that you brought that up because I believe that is the connection we have with like birthing like these little people. Yeah. Yeah, they are activations. They are initiations, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're truly incredible. But to, to circle back a little bit to what you said about wealth, um, and whether or not it feels, you know, safe and good and right to get to talk about that in a space where so many people are um, recovering financially from the pandemic. And there's, you know, there's a lot of like marketing schooling surrounding this, you know, to like talk to people's pain points and to um, address people regarding their pain and that that's how marketing works is that people buy because they want some pain to go away. Somebody's gonna sell me a concealer because I have something to conceal. And that that works for me. So then I, you know, spend the $7.99 or what have you. And and I think that we are ready to let that go as a collective, that we don't want to be appealed to because we are in pain anymore. I think we're ready to be appealed to because of our power and yes. to speak to people because we believe in their power and we believe in their ability to be co-creators in this experience together like i'm calling in the new earth so do you want to come mm -hmm. and letting it come from a space of joyfulness and belief in your joyfulness and your customers joyfulness and not because you believe that they're miserable yeah yeah and I feel like that speaks to the divine feminine. I feel like I began to feel more of that last year um, in being able to be in my own peaceful space and not having the whole, you know, imbalanced relationship uh, to carry, but just really what um, ease, calm and flow feels like. And it's like, we spend so much of our lives like doing even down to the healing like you know finding something to do finding something to be finding like the continuation of like it's kind of like how we we think that life we almost have it thought about as if it's like we we, we eventually reach a destination when it's like it's just a path like it's just what a, a, a path that is continuing on and on forever and we either pass the torch with our bloodline or we pass the torch with, you know, the people we touch throughout our lives. Um, but there's no destination and there's no, so why not stop? Do, do that hard work that you do have to do. Cause like you said, it, I totally agree. It's not glossing over, don't do the work, like do the work, but don't make it this uh, long drawn out thing and I feel like when we, when you do, I feel like that's just, it's just, it just, it's hiding a deeper thing that you don't want to see. So, um, but also knowing you can thrive. And um, I like to believe that no matter what's happening in the outside world, 
I get to create kind of like how you were talking about like moving to Hawaii like I get to create no matter what um before we leave um, we have a little bit more time left before we leave um what was your what would you say your greatest lesson has been thus far because I know we're always learning and we're always evolving. In so life? In the path. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you're like one out of the many. Yes. Like, I mean, like a current theme because you know, like I know, we are all learning and growing at the same time. We are all being called and some of us are either listening or we're not, you know? So like, whether it's like you share a message or someone else shares a message and we're like, yo, like that's the same download and like things I've been feeling as well. So like within the past, you know, year and a half or whatever, like what um, has been like a, a, like a big lesson that you've been able to pick up for yourself? Oh. There's, there's been quite a few. I think the, yeah, I think one one in particular has been that ready isn't a feeling; it's a decision. That uh, that if I am waiting to feel ready for something, I am just in conflict with my own ego, and um, uh, I just get to decide. That's really been coming through. That like whatever I want, whatever I desire, whatever I can even think to dream of it. It's already mine. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and so I've been playing with this vision board space. Like I, I made these vision boards where like I put all these beautiful pictures up and they fell far away at the time. And so I hired a designer to copy paste me into the vision board. I was like, mm -hmm. I want you to put a little cutout print of me on the TEDx stage. I want you to put a little cutout of me on the Essence Fest stage. Like, I wanna see myself in my own dream. Mm -hmm. And one by one, those little things started happening. TEDx, check. Book on the bestseller list, check. It was just like, whoa, this was on my fridge. Mm and I really started waking up to the idea that I am co-creating this experience, not yeah. because I felt ready. It wasn't a feeling. I just decided. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that. I've literally been talking about that for at least since February, because I totally think, now I think I know that even for me, the decisions that I've been making the success is only because I decided because you like I'm going all in um, and how we make, you know, just like scared choices and just it's, it's just perception, you know, perception of everything right now is very skewed and people don't know their own truth to be able to reflect that truth and thought in their mind that's like, oh, let me have a thought process that supports like there's never going to be a destination that I'm going to get to in life. Like when I went from having one child to two to three to four each time me thinking oh I could just show up like I showed up I'm already a mom no not at all <laughs> not even a little bit okay you know so how every time there's just a constant evolving and we just have to really lean into that and do the hard work not make it hard um and follow people like you who can guide us and raise us up and I love how you said uh, speaking to people's power because that is what we do as coaches I feel like when when I am working with people or creating something it's like because you see the potential in everyone you see the possibilities of deciding like literally deciding and I love that you said something earlier where you said you said oh my god how did you word it like it's free to speak over your life it's free, free 99. It's so free and people don't do it. It's like, that's the number one magic wand in your hand. If, if God, if people like, I wish I just, you know, had a magic wand or I wish, you know, I could just talk to God. And it's like, <laughs> but you can. 
we have the oh, power of life and death right here yeah. right here it's amazing and I think for for many of us who feel aligned with helping healing coaching in general we do that naturally we're the kind of people who just in line at the grocery store the cashier might start telling us her life story <laughs> that, right. that's just how it works when you're anointed in that way people can see it on you and so if you're that kind of person then you might be called to do that professionally or within a ministry but it's so important that you keep ministry and charity work out of your love life that's part of why I do what I do is because I know that this aspect of me doesn't belong in my love life I'm not supposed to be looking for potential in my love life. I look for that in my clients. I'm not supposed to be looking for something that I have. I, I, I'm not going to be craning to look for the good in a man. It's not my job. I can crane and look for the good in my client's business plan and try and see what's missing, hiding underneath the rubble. Where are her gifts? That's where that aspect of, of you belongs. Maybe where most of the women that I work with are nurses, healers, helpers, teachers of some kind, and have bled that aspect of themselves out into the love life. It's not where it belongs. To pull that in by the boundary and let yourself be free to be the fullest version of yourself professionally and let the love life be a soft place to land where you're appreciated, adored, watered, restored. Mm, love that so much, love that so much. And that's the healing. That's the healing that, and I feel like that is that divine feminine energy of being softer, being very, very soft and softening your heart, softening your gaze and your perspective, softening your thoughts um, wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for everything tonight. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, this has Had been- Had so much fun. Yes, this has been such a blessing. And I know people- needed to hear all the things down to the descriptions of the different archetypes and like so people can get really reflective of like there's just ways that we become and it's okay you can always unbecome and align with who we really are and I love that you talked about um deciding and ready because so many people are like literally hearing the call and I was literally on a call today where the girl, um, you know, decided not to go forward. And I'm like, you know, but before I leave you, I really want to leave you with the fact that, you know, you heard the calling. You told me you heard the calling. You were excited. Right. And then fear just creeps in of like, I'm not ready. Not yet. And although you have this like real illusion of a situation that pops up coincidentally to like make it more important than what your dream is, you have to be willing to decide. Because in that deciding, I feel that that's exactly how you get the abundance. It's like, we're not deciding. We're not deciding that's what we want. We're deciding with every single choice. We're either deciding towards what we want or towards what we don't want. And why not decide like to move to Hawaii and live your dream life? Um, my dream is California. So definitely um, making that happen and just doing it because there's no, my future self would be so happy with me. Um, yeah. wholeheartedly so you just even saying that I know that you know we're just part of this divine collective and we just get to keep speaking to each other and speaking our truths and um, I don't know if you align with this but teaching to learn because I feel like in this whole journey of even teaching we get to learn uh, through the people we get to connect with and the people we get to serve <laughs> Um, just like the depth of just who we are as people and to be able to speak to that as well as continue our own healing mindset, I guess, if you will. Um, so we can yeah. he heal and thrive. That's the vibe. Heal and thrive. Like heal yourself, but get those points. <laughs> yeah. So you can live abundantly. I think there's there's something really beautiful about when we, you know, have have this like track record with doing the work. And we start to understand these emotions that pop and what they really mean. Like right now where I'm at, I would love to come across a woman's program that scared me. That would be so engaging and like fire me up. I'd be like, what is she up to? That's, that scares me, right? Like I'm, I'm hosting a wild woman initiation this October and all of the women that have signed up so far have told me when I read your email, it scared me. 
mm-hmm. that we were going to initiate the wild woman and womb healing ceremony and shame shattering exercises like holy sh- what are you up to that scares me and they were willing to like lean into that fear similarly with the emotion of jealousy the last two women i felt jealous of online i hired as my coach because mm. when I, I i don't feel the emotion of jealousy often so when i do i know now it's one of the tricks Mm. to try and make me want to push that person away but like no girl I want some of what you got tell me tell me what's the roadmap and the emotion of jealousy is actually a flat to move closer to that Mm. to engage with that person to be willing to listen humble out sit at the feet of our elders cut the bs surrounding mentorship and apprenticeship and just go back to that space tell me I'll pay you for your wisdom. Thank you, medicine woman. When I saw your work online, I got scared. I wanted a piece for myself. I'm here to listen. I'm humbled out. Show me the way. Mm, you just said a whole word. We could we could start a whole new podcast with this that <laughs> that whole thing with just energy and emotions and um, what they really mean versus like being so engulfed in like the lies of them and being able to spiritually have that um, insight and that wisdom to see like, oh, okay. Like this is what this is. Yeah. Um, so Lean into your that. fear and your jealousy sisters. Yes. That was a whole word. That was a whole word, especially as we invoke uh, the divine feminine because she is soft and I swear it makes me think of like Moana so shout out to all the moms and the parents and the aunties and whomever out there that see Moana y'all know what we're talking about when her heart was missing and she was a lava throwing monster and as women we totally can you know become that when we're unhealed as people but thank you so much for gracing us with your presence with your wisdom thank you for having um, me what are you up to so you talked about the retreat that's happening in october what else do you have going on that people can tap into with you yeah so after all of this work working with women on daddy issues i realized that what we were really doing in the process of healing the father wound was um initiating into womanhood so i've been doing that and um been helping moms create initiations for their daughters. Because um, although many of us feel the pain of a missing father, there is almost a sharper edged sword with mom who didn't teach, who didn't lead, who didn't hold, who didn't initiate us into womanhood. So my work in helping create the new earth is envisioning what the world looks like without father wounded daughters and uninitiated women. So. Yeah, that's what I'm up to. I'm at shadiashani.com. If you have baby girls who you are excited about helping her learn how to be a woman, uh, I've cultivated interviews from women all over the world um, to help guide us and answer those questions that we wanted for us. Boys, love, body, self-love, food, all those wonderful things. Love it. So is that something people can tap into? Is that like in a group or a program? Yeah, it's a course. And then I also offer individual coaching surrounding it as well. Love it. I love it so much. That sounds so exciting. I'm like, and even as you were talking about like dig a hole and scream into the earth, I was like, oh my God, that is just so epic. You know, but this is why the the sacred space of sister circles like that is that's actually normal like sister circles are yes (laughs) they're the backbone of communities like wholeheartedly so um just like these these things that happen when we like get together and share that wisdom and that knowledge that for some of us has or hasn't been passed along so thank you so much for all that you shared today Definitely everyone, make sure you go follow her. Make sure you head over to her website, shadeashani.com. Her name is spelled just, um, actually not like the Shade, actually has a S-H-A-D-E, Ashani, A-S-H-A-N-I. Thank you so much again for gracing us with your presence. Um, This has truly been an amazing conversation that I know people listening are definitely gonna feel those pings of like, ooh, truth, truth, truth here, truth there. Um, So thank you so much for showing up in wholeness. And obviously that's a sign that you, um, like you're doing the work, like the work is like now and I am worthy now. And that's that. So 
So I love that so much. And you've dropped so many gems. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Obviously you are all super important too, because without you, there is no podcast, right? I can't listen to my own podcast. I need y'all to pull up too. Thank you everyone that's been listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast, telling everyone about it. I really, really appreciate you. Obviously, if you're learning things, please leave the feedback with us by leaving a review rating um but your form of payment is really just sharing it with people that you know and letting them know they need to be in on these discussions because we are helping each other heal and as Shade beautifully pointed out um we are creating a new earth where we get to heal and thrive where we get to live our best lives and really live unapologetically in our divine whole self so thank you Shade, for your presence thank you for being amazing and awesome definitely make sure you check out her book head over to our website because it has all the goodies there follow her on instagram um where she is always sharing amazing things as well um, thank you so much for pulling up for the community. This was a dope discussion. Thank you, Ebony. Blessing, blessing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Soul Chat with your host, Ebony Tatora. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and if you love it, share it with your friends. And make sure you join us next week for another conversation with your soul, bringing you thought-provoking conversations that require you to look a little bit deeper than the surface.